Okay, so welcome to Robert Pop. Uh, he's the, our guest in this week's episode. Tell us more about yourself, Rob. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, so I'm an entrepreneur, a speaker. I'm also writing uh, on my blog and also writing a book at the moment. Okay. Uh, but behind all of this, there's a longer life story, a journey of ups and downs and lessons that I've learned, uh, of course. Currently, I'm more focused on my company, which is called Bertro Group. I founded it in 2018, around April. And uh, it's a conglomerate of different branches, so to speak. So there's a digital agency uh, that this, this is the main focus at the moment. Uh, there's also a media publishing company. And uh, there's a third branch that I would call social entrepreneurship. Uh, which is going to help uh, homeless people. Uh, it's also going to be involved in some mental health uh, awareness projects and things like that. So yeah, that's me. Uh, can you tell us uh, what made you uh, want to start this uh, the, the latest company and what was the journey so far? So uh, what was the, your first job? What did you actually manage to study and all that stuff beforehand? Sure. So my first uh, job was when I was 14. I was in high school. Uh, I took on a web design project from a company uh, in my hometown and I worked on it, you know, in my spare time. So I, I wasn't neglecting school, but I felt like I want to try to learn something outside of school. And I really was passionate about IT, web development. So I took on this project. It was, I remember it was built in Flash, which is not even used anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I built that project, I made some money, and then I kept doing that. I kept taking on projects every two or three months. And because of that, I was really passionate about IT. I learned a lot, but I was also really passionate about biology and the human body science. So when I finished high school, I started preparing to get into the medical school and become a surgeon. And I studied for a whole year for the admission exam. And while I was studying, I had this voice in the back of my mind all the time, as if asking me, you know, is this really what you want to do for the rest of your life? Do you want to be a doctor? Because I know myself and I get bored really easily uh, by doing the same thing. And if you invest six to 12 years into a medical career, it's not something that you can throw out the window after that and be like, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to be a marketing researcher. Yeah. So I thought about it. And uh, one week before the admission exam, I decided that I'm not going to pursue the medical career. So the next in line was IT. So I got into uni. Uh, I studied computer science and advanced math. Uh, I have a master's degree in computer science. And uh, all throughout uh, my uni years, I uh, worked in my, in my free time. And I got a lot of experience uh, because of that. Because there's some, some stuff you learn in school at, at the uni, but some stuff you can only learn by doing practical things. And I always like a hands-on approach. So long story short, um, you know, my first job, my first official job, so to speak, 
was uh, as a software developer. And then one of the bigger companies in, in town contacted me and said, we have this uh, role if you are interested. And I said, oh, okay. And I took that role. I was really scared because I worked in a really small company before that. And I didn't know how much I knew in terms of software development. And, and, you know, and when I got to that bigger company, I realized that, oh, it's not actually that bad. I, I kind of know quite a lot. And I was really happy because before that I was really shy. And from there, I uh, got promoted to a uh, project manager. And then one year later, another company contacted me, uh, which was a rival of my then current uh, workplace. And they said, well, we have this project. Uh, we wouldn't employ you, but uh, we need someone who can work, you know, as a freelancer for six months. So you won't be a permanent employer, but you can be a freelancer for us. Uh, and that was a consulting role. Uh, I built something in Angular, which is um, really popular right now. And, and after that, after those six months, uh, I thought, you know, what's next? So that's when I moved to London. This was about five years ago because I lived in Oradia before that, which is in the heart of Transylvania. Okay. Uh, that's where I'm originally from. And yeah, I moved to London, uh, looked for another IT company to work for. Um, I got a job, but again, I was like, I want more from life than this. I don't want to work for someone for the rest of my life. So I thought I can do this. You know, if, if this person founded this company and I saw how they were running the company and managing things and I was like, I can do this, why not? So I kept planning to launch and have my own business. But, you know, sometimes when you're in a comfortable place, when you are paid well and all of that, nothing pushes your limits and you're not forced to make a change. So it was always a dream, but I never took action. So... It was an interesting situation last year because, um, well, it might sound weird, but when my grandmother died last year and whom I was really close to, I was so angry and sad inside. And somehow I channeled all that frustration on all that anxiety into making a decision to finally start my business. So that's when I decided I went online, I registered my business, and that's how I officially started. And that's since it. then, um, since then, uh, the company's been growing little by little. Uh, currently, most of the stuff is uh, outsourced, so I have friends and uh, colleagues that I used to work with, and we formed a team, uh, and we work remotely, and we don't actually have an official office. So we sometimes meet for, you know, to discuss things and we have lots of calls every day, but everyone works from home. Yeah. yeah. It, it sounds quite, quite, quite a diff, different journey, especially when you started uh, learning medicine and, and you know, um, actually I can relate to the whole journey that you have so far as, because that's pretty much what I've been doing all my life. I always uh, get bored at some place and then just jump to another totally different you know, job opportunity or yeah. niche or anything else. Um, 
And it's interesting how you, um, so pretty much most of the time you've been doing the projects for different companies being employed by them uh, yeah. as, um, you know, like a, not a short term, but in terms of like a year, yearly contracts. So you finish your yeah, job exactly. and then you move to the next one. Um, so maybe that's something that was actually keeping you, sorry about it, uh, keeping you busy um, and not getting bored from, you know, the mundane and doing the same thing. So what made you change from developer and doing, uh, you know, online applications and Angular and I see you've been doing like websites in terms of uh, WordPress and all that stuff uh, yeah. to start this journey towards, uh, you know, social media marketing, digital marketing, leadership, all that, all that new, yeah. say, new hype stuff <laughs> that, that we are a little bit involved in or more. Uh, so on the side, again, starting in high school, I was really, really involved in all sorts of, you know, um, sort of high school clubs and reading clubs and uh, even um, humanitarian projects uh, with, uh, you know, fighting against human trafficking. So uh, I'm not the person who would go home after work and just sit and do nothing. I always like to get involved into something and uh, I always initiated things. I would uh, start projects to, for instance, one winter we started a project where we uh, collected socks and, and coats that people uh, would donate. And then we went all throughout the city. Um, the city is about 150,000 uh, people. Uh, and we, we took, a couple of cars, we took those socks and coats and we just uh, went to the places that we knew uh, homeless people would stay at and we we gave them to them. So this is one example. I always like to get involved into, I don't know, giving back to society in a way. And I've always read a lot since I, I started reading when I was four, actually. And um, I always kept reading and reading and uh, I love reading about personal development, psychology. I took some, you know, non-official courses sometimes online uh, just to to grow and to develop myself. So uh, because of this, I ended up speaking here and there sometimes at different events or just talking about different issues and topics like mental health um, because I dealt with anxiety and panic attacks a lot. Uh, as a matter of fact, the very first year when I moved to London, uh, it was one of the most difficult years in my life because uh, I was going through a lot of anxiety. At one point, I would have up to 20, 30 panic attacks a day. It was wow. so bad that I was afraid to leave the house. I was afraid to go to sleep. I lost a lot of weight. Um, and of course you can go to a psychologist, to a therapist, and that helps a lot. But what I learned was that unless I was, unless I started to be really intentional about, uh, you know, changing my mindset and letting go of the fears and all of that, uh, nothing changed. And because of this, I was really interested in studying and studying. So that's why one part of me is more technical and computer science and all of that numbers. And the other side of me is, let's say, um, involved in mental health and personal development, more like 
artistic, so to speak. So yes, that's the story. So pretty much you're involving both sides of the brain in terms of creativity and <laughs> analysis. Yeah, I think so. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about if you if you can and if you want um, about the experiences of the, the pen attacks? Did you manage to find out what was the causes? What was the you know the root of it? Was it like a pressure that we were bearing on on yourself, just expectations or? Yeah. So, um, I I I think I'm I have a problem. I used to have a problem at least <laughs> with perfectionism, and for me everything had to be in its place. Everything had to be done really well, and when I would have a project or a client that I had to work for and I would see that they wrote me an email that wasn't planned because we already had a Skype call without even reading the email my mind would go like what's wrong what's wrong did I do something wrong aren't they pleased with the project things like that so uh, looking back I think for me it was a lot related to the way that that I thought about things and the way that I approach things and it was just sort of a self-induced fear um, and after a while it became so uh, ingrained in my behavior that I think my body just gave up and that's when I started to have the panic attacks where I would shake I would just forget where I am for a couple of minutes and when I had people around me you know they would tell me it was just two or three minutes but for me it last for me it seemed like a whole hour uh, because it was really exhausting, you know, I remember once I went to a bookshop here in Hampstead Heath and uh, all, all that happened was that I was somewhere kneeling on the floor looking at the lower shelf, uh, looking at the book and when I got up, I was dizzy a little bit and my, my mind and my body was so um, used to being afraid of anything that when I felt dizzy, I thought, oh no, what's going on? I'm, am I going to faint? And that again triggered a panic attack. So I ended up uh, in a place where almost anything could, could induce a panic attack. And as soon as I started to pay attention more to my body and to my reactions, I learned the, so to speak, pre symptoms of a panic attack, for me at least. And when I would feel those pre symptoms, um, while I was still seeing, feeling fear, I decided, you know what, I'm going to decide to choose to think that nothing's going to happen. I've been through this before, and I'm not going to die. I'm not going to faint. This is the same panic attack that I had two hours ago or two days ago. So we've been through this, Robert. Get, you know, get yourself together. So little by little, I learned to listen to those symptoms. And to not ignore them, but to acknowledge them and say, this is a panic attack, nothing more. And after weeks and months, it just settled down, so to speak. And I I remember one year ago, um, I haven't had panic attacks in a long time, but one year ago, um, I got really bad news. And I, I could feel almost the same symptoms. And I was thinking, oh, no, I don't want to have that panic attack again. And... Well, I didn't because as soon as I recognized my symptoms, I started breathing, you know, slowly and and I sat down because there are some things that you can do when you you experience that. Yeah, so it can be scary, but I think there's hope 
for anyone out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, from from what I can understand, I, I never had like panic attacks, so I cannot relate fully to to what you've been saying. But fears and all that thing that is shaking you not physically, but on the inside, uh, and just crumbling into into the fear and just or or like you said, just just like um, uh, getting into details of perfection and not you know pulling the trigger of or like finishing the project or just publishing the project yeah. or doing doing what you want to do. Uh, just because there's like a little bit on the 99.99% is not <laughs> correct in your mind, even though yeah. nobody has seen it. Uh, it's just, um, yeah, you're not, you're not pushing yourself enough. And um, the thing that you do in terms of beating and probably meditation or stuff like that probably, you know, is, is helping you once yeah, you started to see the trigger, um, you, you get back and, and calm yourself down and like, this is just something that I'm experiencing because of this, this and this. Um, yeah do, uh, yeah. do you think, because you're from Romania, I'm from Bulgaria, um, do you think that's, because I can relate in terms of the perfection, uh, you know, seed ingrained in our, in our, mm -hmm. you know, heads. So maybe it's, yeah. maybe it's from parents, maybe it's from culture, maybe it's from, you know, all that stuff around. Um, do you think it's something that is just, just part of our culture, like part of our upbringing in terms of you have to be perfect, you have to be perfect, but when you go east and west in like uh east in terms of all the the knowledge and all the teachings of like religious or spiritual all that stuff there's not nothing like perfection and on the other side in the western in terms of entrepreneurs and startups and you know marketers everybody's doing a lot of stuff nobody nobody actually says that it has to be perfect you just have to say it more and more so maybe we are pre-programmed what, what do you think about that yeah, I think that's a really good observation uh, because I've seen, I'm seeing actually so many Eastern Europeans, at least uh, here in the UK, um, you can immediately recognize them even on the tube, even if they don't have, let's say, the physical traits of an Eastern European, uh, you can see the way they sit down or the way they behave. Sometimes I, I see that we are, as Eastern Europeans, we are more a bit more fearful, if I can use that word. I don't know. It's as if we are not as free in our mindset as Westerners, so to speak. So it's yeah. as if we've grown up having this idea that things have to be a certain way. God forbid, you know, that if you step out of the line. Um, and there's so much cultural um, limitation. Like, I, I remember a situation where I was waiting at, I know I was waiting in this venue and there was this person who was definitely from here in the UK and I learned from him uh, something that day. So he was he was sitting down next to me and I could see that he's really tired. So he just put up his feet on that table there that had some magazines on it. And, you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, that's inappropriate. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Actually, that table is not really a table. It looked like just a place to have magazines on. And, you know, it can be cleaned or wiped, you know, worst case scenario, if his shoes are dirty or whatever. And I thought, you know, so many of these things are just ingrained in my mind from back home where, you know, you can't do this. It's not appropriate to do that. And, of course, there are things that have to do with being polite and well-raised. But some things are just, you know, rules that you can break and 
in the same way, I think, uh, although I have a really loving family and supportive one, uh, I always felt like I had to succeed. I had to succeed. Um, and again, I was like 20, 21, 22, when I had these panic, uh, panic attacks and I always felt this pressure that I have to succeed this very moment. That if I'm not gonna be a businessman or a business owner by the time I'm 25 or 24, you know, the world will end. <laughs> and I don't know where, where this came from exactly. You can't pinpoint, but I think it's, as you said, a cultural thing. It's also related probably to religion, to um, just the way we are, you know, pushed sometimes, you know, very well, probably in your country as well, that most people want their kids to become lawyers and doctors and yeah. so on. But yeah, I think it's, as you said, it's a cultural thing a lot of the time. Yeah, especially especially when we are brought up, uh, people just want to have secure jobs. People want to be, uh, you know, like you said, like like you are on your path as well to become a doctor, to become a lawyer, to become. I think it's I think it's pretty much everywhere that you know that is still not backwards thinking, but it's like that. That's the old school way of doing things. That's yeah. the, um, you know, you have to be this title, you have to be doing this, you have to went to that school, you have to be going through that company, but everything is breaking up. Everything is being pushed so far in in terms of where we're going uh mm -hmm. and on on on, the, on your point of what you said in terms of uh you know the nervousness and the pressure that you've been putting yourself I, i've been going through the same thing uh you know you've been raised up with those values and those cultural things in in the country and um but we've also been exposed to a lot of western western uh, western culture and you always see the media headlines of you know Martin zuckerberg is <laughs> making facebook and it's like a billion dollars and you're always yeah. trying to catch that in it and the whole society is actually moving towards instant gratification um yeah you have information in like i want to check out something and it's right there on your phone you just you know turn your 3g and then you start typing yeah. and you just get the information straight away and i guess that's it's it's funny because from 20 to 30 because I, ju I just made 30 uh, a couple of months ago it's it's that pressure of <laughs> thanks. Uh, it's that pressure that you you don't have time, but at the end of the day, you you do have time. It's it's nothing that you know at thirty you have to be succeeding in doing this. You cannot predict how how your life is going to go. Um, but yeah, I think it's part of our upbringing, our understanding of society, and overall, like like all young people are, you know, stressed about not achieving because you always see, you know, the successes in. In media and you, you see the successes on instagram and you see the you know flashy cars and have, i've made a million in a, in a month and uh, you know <laughs> yeah, all exactly. that stuff and and at the end of the day those people are just you know either selling courses or you know benefiting from pictures and all that stuff uh you know pushing themselves yeah. and building brands and, and some of them were on social media from the very beginning and they just happened to have a lot of followers and then they not they're now milking that so to speak yeah but you know uh, I actually deleted my personal Facebook profile uh, more than a year ago, and I never felt like, you know, creating a new one. I do have a page, you know, to post blog posts, updates, but I just don't miss Facebook anymore, for instance, because there's so much, you know, stuff there that you can just dive into, and one hour later, you're still scrolling, and you realize, wow, I wasted an hour of my life. <laughs> 
and yeah. even from the rest of the social media i took a break uh i think from at the beginning of this year i just relaunched my instagram it's so funny to see i have 20 something followers i used to have about seven thousand and i don't think to be honest because uh it was really good to be able to not check my phone every five minutes every notification that i got and also another thing that i've done uh was i um turned off the red receipts uh on whatsapp so that people don't see when i read their messages the reason i did this was that i can read their message and reply when i have time and that way they won't see that the message has been read and then they they kind of go you know like why didn't they reply yeah. Yeah. Um, and regarding instant gratification what the thing you mentioned earlier um it's funny that i've done some life coaching and uh i'm mentoring some people uh that are you know going kind of on the same path as i went and it's so funny to see that they've been uh having this unhealthy habit in their life for like five, 10 years. And then they read a book or, a, you know, read about how to change a habit or things like that. And they do it for three, four weeks. And they're like, oh, I'm not seeing any results. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You've been doing this wrong for 10 years and you want to overturn it in three weeks? <laughs> it's like, we're so used to just getting everything instant and the problem with that, with that is that we don't even appreciate success anymore. When we have small successes along the way, we don't even take them into consideration because we only want you know, to be millionaires overnight. And I think that's sometimes deceptive because so many times when you read about a success story, there's years and years of work behind that. And you only suddenly hear about them overnight, but actually they worked a long time to get there yeah what do you think about that yeah you're exactly right and well you know i guess i guess it's just you know you know all the hype media and all the the media that is trying to push i, I don't know I, I, it's just trying to push uh, you know headlines that are actually read and you see you know the positives but at the end of the day nobody asks somebody of you know um what were the struggles yeah, yeah how many times you failed and it's actually on the flip side on let's say on instagram because i'm on instagram quite a lot um you know it's funny that facebook i haven't been using facebook as a personal tool i just keep it in terms of you know getting in touch with people that i have no other connection with uh, you know people mm -hmm. from around the world uh friends and uh, you know associates yeah. but it, it's it's funny because there's a shift right now i guess in terms of people just trying to uh say how many times they failed and you see it on on posts on instagram on videos and it's you know that culture of it's okay you're on the right path it's it's something that i really 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 believe in because yeah. it's, it's it's a journey you never know you don't have you don't have you know expectations it's going to become this in in you know one year or i'm going to build a million dollar company in one year but it yeah. actually becomes in three uh so yeah it's funny but at the end of the day it still comes to um how should i say it it still comes down to are you passionate about what you're doing because normally we expect something to happen in x amount of time but normally it happens in a couple of times more 
Uh, yeah. So, you know, a couple of times of, uh, you know, in, in terms of time and resources and money you have to spend to, to build it up. So, yeah. yeah. What do you think I about think, it? I think so many people are just chasing, you know, there's this saying that, you know, don't chase the dollar. And so many people are just chasing, you know, the end result. And if we think about all these drop shipping uh, online stores, right? There's been a, an explosion of them lately with Instagram and everything. And so many people are, you know, building their Shopify stores, trying to, you know, make money, make money. But I think really in everything, if you're not passionate about what you're trying to sell, if you're not passionate, passionate about your business or what you're offering, the services that you sell, uh, in the end, you know, I think there's only two options. Either you won't have any success because you're only chasing money and you'll fail because you're not actually building your brand, you're not building relationships with your clients, you don't believe in what you're selling. Or the other way around could be that you will make money, but I'm afraid that you might end up doing that in an immoral way, so to speak. So you only care about making money, making money, regardless of how you do that. And I've seen uh, this in my own life that I, I, you know, I was so so focused on, you know, hitting this target financially. And of course, it's important we have a business and we sell things to make money, of course. But more than that, I want to be passionate about what I'm selling. I want to be passionate and believe in the product that I offer because if I don't believe in it, and if I'm not passionate about it, then how will people believe? In what I'm offering and I think that's important also because um, at the end of the day if you're passionate about something whether you make a lot of money out of it or not you're still going to be happy and whether you know you see people on Instagram who are really successful in your area and you're not there yet uh, you'll still be happy because you're, you're gonna you know you'll think you know I'm passionate about this and I'm doing it because I like it first and foremost and as you said, there are also people on social media, thank God, who are also honest about their journey and they share that, you know, it's not going to take two weeks to get here. And I also like the raise in uh, the number of people who are talking about, again, mental health. If you, I think you've seen also this increase in the number of celebrities who talk about depression. And I think it's nice to bring things out in the open and be more honest because after all we make social media what we want it to be if we post quality stuff then instagram facebook whatever it is it's going to be a quality platform if we only paste you know cheap stuff and lies to be honest so many times then the whole platform is going to be just a deceit yeah you're absolutely right and i guess um I don't know, I, I, a couple of people come to mind in terms of, you know, uh, exposing, not exposing other people, but, you know, trying to be truthful to themselves. Uh, mm -hmm. I, you know, Gary Vee is definitely one of them. And uh, Louis House, uh, Jay mm -hmm. Shetty, a, a lot of people are just being truly honest and what I actually take. And, you know, um, also like sports people like, you know, Louis Hamilton, somebody I'm, I'm a huge fan of. They're just not admitting, you know, failures, but they're just being more personal, more human. So you, yeah. he's not like someone that is out there, you know, 
you know, achieving mm -hmm. un unimaginable things, but you can relate to them because he's gone through, you know, different, different parts. And he, he's been like, let's say Gary's been, you know, um, a bad student. And you, you see, you can relate to different people in different yeah. times of their journey. And that's a positive, definitely. And especially when the world and young people and everybody's just jumping on social media, it's, it's mm -hmm. refreshing definitely to see people being honest and not caring of what other people think about themselves. And actually, yeah. they just, you know, break the limits because at the end of the day, if they don't care what other people think, they're going to be themselves as much as they can. And that's, I guess, most, most, the most liberating thing that can, that can be done. And yeah, and I think that they're like these, they're like role models, right? Yeah. So people can actually relate to them and also learn from them. Yeah, definitely. So, so what is what is what is up ahead with you? What is what is the goals? What are the, some things that you want to achieve in terms of uh, the company that you started last year? Yeah. So uh, the primary focus at the moment is growing the digital agency and uh, basically getting more out there and investing a little bit more in marketing uh, to grow the number of clients because we're looking for mostly premium clients. Uh, yeah. and uh, those are harder to find, so to speak. And also might uh, try to get an in-house team um, by the end of Q1, 2020. Um, and I also mentioned the, the other branch of uh, the company uh, to which we're trying to give back to the world. It's uh, one of our major focuses, and that's investing in a project that's gonna help fight homelessness in London. And uh, the way we're planning to do that is by working with some other existing charities and hopefully maybe even the government uh, to not only you know help the homeless people by feeding them or just giving them a place to sleep, uh, we're going to create a program, and what I can tell you so far is that the program will run for three months per person, for a person who's homeless, and we're going to teach them to reintegrate into society. We're going to teach them some, uh, you know, how to go to an interview. We're going to help them with an outfit to be able to go to work and all of that. and. Um, the ultimate goal is to actually have a place where they can stay for three months, uh, where they can learn, uh, continue to live and eat and stuff like that, while they are getting trained uh, to go to an interview. Then they get a job, and after they get two months of payment from that job that they got, we're gonna help them find a good rent, a place that you know it's affordable for them, and. Basically, that, that should be it. They should be reintegrated into society, having a job, having a place to live, and no longer being on the street, you know, hungry or without a shelter. Uh, and because every time I go out, you know, in the city, I'm horrified by how many people sleep on the street. And I'm not achieving or anything like that, but there are so many charities, there's so much government funding and yet we're still not able to, you know, eradicate this issue of homelessness. And this is really 
uh, at the heart of, of the company. Uh, from the money that we make, we invest a certain percentage into this. Uh, but in terms of business, uh, aside from the digital agency, we would like to invest in a couple of entertainment websites, uh, sort of like, I don't know, BuzzFeed, but not really. We want to offer uh, users the ability to uh, upload their content. So it's sort of a hybrid between uh, an entertainment news website and a social media platform. That's all I can say for now. Yeah, definitely sounds interesting, especially with um, with giving back to 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 people and homeless people and trying to integrate them in society. That's definitely a noble cause. Um, you know, wish you all, all the success. And if Thank I can you. help in any way, if I can help in any way, just just let me know. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah, it's at, at the end of the day, there's not a lot in terms of you know money and time that can actually change the the life of a person. And yeah. If more people get involved and just just by pure volunteering and all that stuff, um, different different people and people in need can be impacted, and yeah, that's that's really something good that you're doing. I think it's sort of a responsibility that I I like to accept it as a responsibility. Uh, the moment you have a bit of influence and the moment you are doing well as a business, you know. Why not, you know, give back? Because we can do so much, you know, here and there. But my, in my opinion, I think let's always start close to home. And by that, I mean London, because this is where I live. So, I'm, you know, I like helping people outside of UK, outside of London. But I was thinking, you know, what am I doing, you know, close to home? What am I doing for the people next to me? And I think... There are so many businesses that actually start to do this. Uh, I've spoken to a couple and some of them are uh, giving back to society by uh, raising awareness on different issues. Some of them are actually directly helping different charities. So yeah, I, I like this trend. I think in the future, more and more companies will do that, will do this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how um, even though technologies arise and we started using them every day, uh, and, you know, there's also that fear of, you know, people, you know, spying you or, you know, personal information being used and all that stuff. But humanity is actually becoming more humane, you know, yeah. <laughs> exactly. so that's, that's, that's a good, you know, counter balancing the whole, the whole, you know, society. And, and yeah, there's definitely something that, that is great. And I guess us as, as, as a younger people and rather younger generation are more open in terms of you know helping other people that say oh you know just it just the mindset is different i guess yeah you don't overthink it right yeah it's yeah just, yeah even even if there's not a lot to give you can you can still give a little and you know make a person smile or you know give out a hug or whatever um, yeah and it's a, it, as you said uh even volunteering right it's yeah. giving your time giving some of your energy that really helps So what would you say, what shaped you into the person that you are right now? Uh, do you have any people like, you know, the social media 
influencers that you're been looking up to that you know influenced your mind they've been helping you along the way or do you have any books or courses that helped you or you know pushed you to the person that you are right now or you want to become yeah so as i've read a lot i think books shaped me a lot um and you know it's not necessarily personal development books that did that sometimes it was a fiction book that just sparked a certain feeling or or thought in my mind that that lingered for weeks after week and it maybe made me see things differently uh but also personal development books of course as well i li- i like uh john maxwell i like uh, all his writings about leadership and character and you know doing ethical work and how to run a team and so on and um so John Maxwell is definitely one of them. Uh, I also like uh, Lewis Howes um, and his book, The School of Greatness. Um, and there are some other books as well. I don't know, because I don't actually have a favorite one. No. But definitely reading has shaped me a lot. I could also say that circumstances and how I responded to them uh, shaped me because you know, sometimes I responded to negative circumstances in a negative way, and then I suffered the consequences, and that was itself a lesson. And then sometimes I applied the lesson, I applied the lesson that I learned, and uh, I thought, you know, oh, this is better, it worked better this time. So just, you know, by leaving my comfort zone, I think, I like to push my limit, I like to uh do things that are new and new to me i mean and just try new things that help me leave my comfort zone for example recently i started um taking this i don't know taking cold showers so i no longer use the warm water when i take a shower i actually use the cold water and not only showers take a shorter amount of time which is good for the environment but also, uh, I, realize, I realize that I have more energy and I think more clearly after a cold shower in the morning. So, you know, this is one example. I just like to experiment, to try new things and yeah. always um, just push myself, push my uh, ideas, embrace new ideas, because whenever we settle for what we have at the moment and who we are, then we limit ourselves. And I think for me, it's just being proactive and intentional. Uh, I don't like to, to, I don't like to look back uh, at the year that passed and be like, oh, nothing's changed. I'm the same person. So I don't know, even just as you said earlier, uh, you know, when you said giving someone a hug or things like that, uh, I like you know, sometimes when I meet new people that I've never met before, I just like to chat with them. And sometimes you learn, sometimes you learn directly, sometimes you learn indirectly from them because you hear their story and how hard it was for them, for example. And you think, oh, you know, my own life was nothing compared to theirs. They're yeah. just a lot more difficult. And there you learn gratitude, for instance. Um, yeah, so I think I can't 
you know, put my finger on exactly what shaped me. I think it's a whole collection of things, of decisions that I made. And I think we just shouldn't be afraid of making mistakes. One of the most recent lessons that I learned is that, you know, you know, just take action. I was thinking about a project that I am going to start and I was like, why haven't I, why haven't I done it so far? Because, you know, I always like to plan every detail, you know, the perfectionist again. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no, just take action. Because, you know, there's nothing to lose, really. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, oh, something something that I've been, you know, I've been experiencing myself is when, when you don't take action and you remember that thought of not taking action is actually losing. So you don't even yeah. give yourself the benefit of potential win. It's, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just a mind shift. And the podcast that I've been doing and you see people struggling and going through their life lessons. And like you said, it definitely gives you perspective. And when you meet people, you're like, you know, because people are, you know, like do their blinders on you they only think about their own life and people around them and you can only compare yourself to people that are nearby to you um yeah you just you just give give the perspective so much to interpret like your life is not that bad that you imagine so you're not yeah that's right uh just, you're just part of the journey and different people have different obstacles depending on how they react to them and yeah it's just it's just part of life and you you just adapt and you're not the only one like that's that's one of the the biggest things also is i'm not alone in this journey i'm not the only person doing this i'm not the only person experiencing those emotions or struggles or fears or inactivity yeah, and everything like that um yeah so i guess that's super beneficial yeah that's a really good point yeah so what would you have to say as uh you know rounding up finishing uh, the conversation anything you want to say to the audience, anything you want to motivate them or anything whatsoever? Uh, yeah, so I think, you know, it's cool that we are both young and I think whoever's listening uh, should know that no matter how young you are and no matter how old you are, uh, you know, it's so good that in today's society, in the world that we live in, uh, we have so many opportunities and we can't say anymore that, you know, Oh, I couldn't do this. I couldn't follow my passion. I couldn't have my own business because, you know, I didn't have the chance. I think we can't say that anymore because everywhere you look, there's an opportunity. There's a need that you can, you know, feel. Uh, there's the internet. There's everything that you can use to just build something that's going to last, something that's going to help people around you, something that you're proud of. So just as I said earlier, just take action. And I think, you know, so many times we are, as I said in the beginning, we are in a comfort zone. And then we daydream about this and that, but nothing changes. Our life is still the same. And we just need to embrace challenges and to willingly go out of the comfort zone into the maybe even dangerous zone of, of not knowing you know, what the next day will bring in terms of, you know, career and stuff like that. But just embrace the journey, embrace the unknown. And don't be afraid because, again, there's nothing, nothing to lose. And what if you end up succeeding? You need to try to see. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much for, for your time. Thank you very much for the conversation. It was an absolute pleasure of meeting you, Robert. Thanks for having me.